I, I, it's very strange, but I just want you to listen to Joshua, and I want you to start with chapter 1, and I want you to listen with me, and you find what you need for missions in this verse. This is not New Testament, it's Old Testament, but it's all there. It said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, over the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this, this Lebanon, even unto great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Watch those words, it's very important. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. And then what does he say? Be strong and of good courage, and unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance in the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And if you didn't understand, I'm going to say it again. In verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whither thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou may, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Again I say unto you, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you're going. Missionaries, let me tell you something. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. As God said he was with them, he'll be with us. I think one of the things that, that I lack in my personal thing, being on thing, is lack of someone encouraging me. And the one that encouraged me the most is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through the scriptures that God can do it. Moses is dead. Arise and fill the gap. Take the mantle of leadership and prepare to cross the Jordan River. And if you understand anything about going on here, this time that they were crossing the Jordan River, Jordan River wasn't just a, a small stream like you do when you go visit the Holy Land. No, it was a flood stage. It was completely over. It was very deep. And you're saying, go across the other thing. Jericho's on the other side. I've got to get on the other side. I went to Costa Rica. I have to go to Costa Rica and build churches. How? If God be with me, and then I shouldn't be afraid to do what God has put in my hands. It doesn't matter where he puts you. If God can do your life, and do it, you need courage, and you need to be strong, and the only one that can make me strong, and the only one that can encourage me is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one. God gave three promises to Joshua, and I'm going to show you those tonight. And each missionary needs these three. And the members of this church, you need those three. 
Because there's a lot of fear in the Christian living. The promised land, in verse 3 and 4, he said, that to me, the promised land is your country. God said to me, Vivo in Costa Rica, and I don't even know Spanish. But he said, I'll give you that land. And I'll, I'll go into the land. It, miraculously so, when I went to Costa Rica, because it was 50 years ago, only 3% of the people in, in Costa Rica were supposed to be Christians. The rest were 97% Roman Catholics. Now that's all changed. There's something like 70-some percent now that are that Catholic, and the rest of them are Christians. And it's not because of me. It's just because of people like me that decide to go preach the gospel, let God change lives as he changed my life. He made me a new creature. He knew exactly what he was going to do with me. But if you go to the promised land, God will give you the land that God has given unto you. He will give you that land. He will, no matter the country that you're in, he'll give you the land, but it's your responsibility to march by faith and claim the land and claim it by the faith and the promise of God. You have a river between you and the people and you need to put your foot in the river, let God part the waters, and you go across and go in. I don't, I'm, when I went to the mission field, oh, married for one month, 25 years of age. My wife was 20. That's kind of a bad way to start out. But it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters what, who he is and how much he's a part of your life and what he can do for you. Amen? I'm going to have to do like Joshua. Amen? amen. You say the amen over there. And then you keep them going. If you have help. But you need a promise to conquer all of your enemies. The first battle that I found <laughs> within my country, unfortunately, were the other missionaries. I, I had battles with other missionaries because missionaries doing nothing or doing something. And they seemed like they turned out to be my enemies. Sometimes we feel, even in church work, that sometimes other churches become our enemies. We don't need that kind of an enemy. All we need is God on our side. You do what's right. You do exactly what the Scripture tells you to go, and then you can go. You promise to conquer all of your enemies. God will be with you. Lack of funds. I, I learned something when I was only... I became a youth pastor. Well, I shouldn't even say this, but... I got saved when I was 13 years of age. And when I got saved when I was 13, I started teaching in a Sunday school class when I was 14. And then the, the son of the pastor, they decided to start a new church. So at 15 years of age, he asked me to come and be his song director. That's cool. No salary, but it was fun. And then he said to me, uh, I, I need a youth pastor. And uh, so I became the youth pastor. And the only reason why I did is because I looked older then. Now I look younger. <laughs> and I wore a suit and I wore a tie and everybody thought I was older. And so I became the youth pastor of the church. I was only 15. I couldn't even drive yet. But that's okay. The girls in the church, they could drive. <laughs> I had a bad problem in that church. I, you know, you, you, well, I had this 23-year-old girl that really liked me. And uh, she thought I was a lot older. But she, I decided to go on a date with her. It's okay, no problem. So she drove up in her brand new car. And uh, then she said, would you like to drive? Oh, I don't want to mess up your new car. You go ahead and drive. I didn't have a driver's license. How could I drive her car? So I 
rode along beside her and we went on a date and then later on she found out how old I was. I didn't even look back at her. She stayed in the church, so it was okay. But you do what you have to do. If God wants to work with you, you just make yourself available and then God takes over and, and you just do it. Sometimes we're, all, we're never going to make ourselves available. But God said, I'll promise you my presence also. And God's presence will be with you no matter where you go and what other country. We need courage. We need to be strong. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Let me tell you something. If I didn't have God, I'm not so sure what I would do. God not only says to be strong, but he said be courageous, and he said it three times. Anytime you find in the Bible when God says something three times, you better pay attention. If he says it once, maybe you may not pay attention, but if he says it three times, and if you look in, in verse uh, 6, verse 7, verse 9, be courageous, be strong, don't be afraid. And he kept repeating it to him. I think it's maybe because Joshua was hard of hearing, but uh, he wanted to make sure that he understood you couldn't be encouraged. And if God says something that important three times, then you ought to pay attention to it. But you also understand that you need to be encouraged and to understand to do the task of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have countries to win to Jesus Christ. Be strong. And then he said something that I think is very important for us tonight, and that's what he said. Go straight, be focused, stay in the word of God. Don't go to your right, don't go to your left. Just stay focused on what God has given you to do. I've seen missionaries go astray and not do the work of God. I've seen people in the churches not do the work of God because you lost your focus if you're going to get someplace, you focus on where you're going, and you just stay there. You don't go to the right, you don't go to the left, you just continue to go forward. Amen? You don't go from one side or the other. Go straight, you be focused on what you have to do. I learned something in, in the jungles of Costa Rica. I'm not a jungle gym. I was born in Flint, Michigan. Well, that's sort of like it. Uh, I have a secret weapon here. It's called a bottle of water. I've been battling with a cold, and if I drink water, I know everybody will want some, but if you want some after I drink this, you're going to be in trouble. But I learned something in the jungles. You have to go down to the southern part of Costa Rica, and I have works in the city, and I have works in the towns, and I have works in the jungles. It's fine. When I go down to the jungles, it's, I'm not a jungle gym type. I, I wear tennis shoes when I go down there. That's not a good idea with all the snakes. There's a lot of snakes, a lot of crocodiles, a lot of things. I, you just don't worry about them. You just keep on going, keep on going, and hope they don't follow you. I, I've gone down trails before at night or in the daytime and literally stepped on snakes. And those snakes were about that big around. And I, I don't know why it's always me. If no one else stepped on the snake. It just has to be me. That's just the way I do it. Well, the pastor down that area, he's very nice, and he, he goes out at night, sometimes to go visit some families, and he said, Bill, I want you to go with me. And I said, sure, what are we going to use for light? And he said, oh, I, have, I have a lantern. We have two lanterns. You carry one, I'll carry one. Those crazy lanterns only light up a little round, round little light around you. So therefore, he said, just walk straight and watch, and watch down at the ground. The light will take you there. But if you take a step, then the light moves a little bit forward. If you take another step, it loses a little bit forward, but you can't see what's beyond that thing. And then he would always stop and say, do you smell that? Do you, you smell that smell? I said, well, yeah, what is it? And he said, there's a, a nest of snakes here close by because I can smell them. 
and I have this little lantern, and I have this little light of mine around me, and I'm supposed to go and find out some snakes, I'm also glad that the light doesn't show too far ahead. Because I can see a bunch of snakes coming out at me. I'm leaving. I don't care where I go. And I, where am I going to go with a lantern? Okay, I can only go a step at a time to go. But it's the same way missionary work is. You go into the country, you have your lantern with the light of Jesus Christ, and Christ has a great way of never letting you see too far ahead. Because if you see too far ahead, you'll resign. You'll quit. It's true. And I never thought about that until I was out in the middle of the jungle, and I said, whoa, this is what God does to me all the time. He just lets me see so far. And if I don't keep walking one step ahead, one step ahead to show the rest of the word, I'll never get there. And that's just the way it is. You know, I, I, I don't understand about you, but you need to go straight. You need to be focused on what you have to do. Don't be distracted by something else that's around you. Don't be distracted by your family. Sometimes your family gives you a lot of problems. Finances, I don't have any money. I ran out of money. My wife says I am the craziest guy in the world, and you already figured that one out, but um, I, if I want to buy something, you know when I buy something? I buy it when I don't have any money. I am not kidding. I, I, just that way. I, I'm, you don't want me around you very long. But every time that I've touched something and done something, God has always blessed it. And I, and I say that humbly, but I just don't... If you have a lot of money, then you start spending this way. But if you don't have any money, then you buy what's important. And, and, and I don't have to go into debt for it either. I could tell you some wild stories how God has blessed that way, but I do it. But you know, other pastors, you must focus on what God has called you to do and keep your eyes upon Jesus Christ. You're a missionary, you people are members of the church, you're pastors, and you need to focus on walking with him, not ahead of him, but with him, and be faithful to God. Too many missionaries are quitting. Uh, you just stay on course. You just keep going. I had a lot of times I could quit. Uh, we had family problems. It wasn't family problems like you'd think, but my wife had cancer. My wife is sick tonight, by the way, she's at the hotel. But she, this is her fourth bout with cancer. Um, but the first time she had cancer was 20-some years ago. And the doctors told us that she'd have six, months to, six weeks to live because there's terminal cancer. And my wife is still here. She's doing fine. But it's a good time to quit. Nobody in the United States of America would say, well, Bill Tabor left the mission field because his wife had cancer. That's okay. My wife and I made a covenant that we're not leaving. We're staying in Costa Rica. And if we're staying in Costa Rica, sickness or in health, God will always come through for us. Do what's right before God, and God will do what's right for you. And my wife is still with me, and she's had cancer all the time, and she's still with me. She's doing fine. And, and she's having some battles right now with her health, but God's going to help her. God's going to bring her through. I, you know, I... It's just the way we believe, and that's just the way we accept it, and that's the way I've done it all my life. That's just how we work it. Amen? Just go. But the thing about it, you need, you are, if you're a missionary and be a pastor, you'd be focused on what you're doing. Great emphasis was put up on the word of words. Stay in the word. Don't go to the right or left. Stay on course. He encouraged Joshua to be strong and continue forward. The motive for the course in verse 9, he says, having to face an enemy year after year 
it becomes very personal. Let me explain something to you. I don't know about you people, and I probably shouldn't use this example, but I'll use it because I'm crazy enough to use it. But uh, you people, do you ever fear something? You, when you were a child, you were in a room and you thought there was some kind of a ghost in there or something coming. And you'd always call your mom. Some of you people are 50-some years old and still have those things in your room, so I don't know. But in the, in the, in the house of God, it's the same thing. Oh, pastor, uh, ask me, could you be a Sunday school teacher? Oh, oh I, I just don't think I could handle that. How do you know? Everybody has fears. All of our missionaries have fears. I, when I went to Nicaragua, uh, to be a missionary <laughs> while well, I was in Costa Rica because I always do crazy things but I went up there to, to start some works and we started six churches God blessed and uh, when, when I, I went up there one time and they put me in this hotel it was really a nice house actually it was one of the members of the church and it was really a nice house it had uh, wooden paneling around the outside really rustic kind of like thing open ceiling uh, it was nice I don't know for who, not for me. I was laying on a bed that was made out of stretched cowhide and, if, and with the fur still on it. And so that was kind of hard. But I figured, okay, I'd stay there. And they gave me a candle because there's no electricity. So, and there was a little place where you take a shower in the back. So I said, well, I'll go take a shower. And I went out there and started taking a shower and I reached up for the soap and there was an opossum right there, right beside the soap. And I thought... This is not too cool. I think I'm taking my shower without soap. I just have to, can't do this thing. And so I did the best I can, and he went out through a hole, and I was glad, and I got my soap and took my shower. And then I decided to lay down on the bed, and I thought, if I, on the other side of the wall, I heard all this noise, and it was bats. The bats were coming in for some bananas. And the bats were coming up and down the wall and doing everything else. And I said, if I turn out my light, they're going to come in here. So what am I supposed to do? I'm Jungle Jim. <laughs> I'm the great missionary, remember? Uh, I had my tie and suit on. and I didn't really. It was in the middle of the jungle. But I, I laid down on the bed, and there was a sheet. And I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden, that possum came back. And he was right at the edge on the top, and the roof comes down this way. So I took one of my tennis shoes, and I threw it at him so he could go out. And my stupid tennis shoe went right through the hole and went outside. <laughs> so now I can't go out and get my tennis shoe. And the dumb thing just ran down the line. So I thought, okay, I'm with a possum. I'm with several bats, and I'm going crazy. And there's no way to get out of there because now I don't only have one shoe. And I can't go out and look for the other shoe because I have a candle. And the candle is burning down about that far. And I didn't have another match. Okay. Well, the possum came back. So I put the candle up on the top so I could make sure that I'd get him this time to make sure I'd get him right. So I took my other shoe and I threw it and I hit the candle. And I knocked the candle off. So now I'm without a candle. I'm without a light. I have an opossum in the room with me. I have these bats on the other side of the wall that are coming on this side. So the only thing I could do is I laid down in the bed. I said, I, I've had it. I'm laying down. I can't get out of this place. Hopefully it gets morning soon. And I pulled the sheet up over my head like a little kid. I, what else could I do? I didn't want those bats soon. 
I was laying there on the bed, and all of a sudden, I realized a bat had lit right on my forehead. And I could feel him chewing, because I could feel it going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I thought, I, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then the opossum's going to eat me. There'll be nothing left to tell for anything. I, I was going crazy. I shouldn't even admit that, but I really, that's what's affected me all this time. But I was laying there, and then all of a sudden I said to myself, you are stupid. What are you doing? And I realized what was going on was I had the sheet over my head, and I was breathing so hard that the, thing, the sheet was going back and forth. It wasn't a bat. It was just a sheet going back and forth. Why do I tell you that? That's a funny story. But I'm telling you that because we fear things that don't exist. Amen. We don't go to the mission field because we fear this will happen, that will happen. It's not going to happen. Because God said, I'll be with you, be courageous, be strong, fear not, I'm with you. Amen? Amen. Forget about your bats. Those bats had a good time with the banana, they didn't bother me. I eventually went to sleep, I died. I don't know what I did. I think I died, went to heaven and came back. But... But those things happen all the time. It only happens to me, of course, but, but especially when you're alone. Why, you could be somebody there sharing something. But, but I, do you understand that part? Do you understand that God said, Moses, he said to Joshua, be of good courage, do the work of God. Amen. Don't worry about things that don't exist. God is strong. God is faithful. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's that way, then he can do it. And God said, there's a personal encouragement to me. He said, I, I will do this. When God says to me that I'll do something for you, I believe it. To know his presence, to trust all that God is in, in with my life. Do you ever come to a point in your life when you realize that God is silent with you? And God is not speaking to you? If you think about it. We try to speak to God all the time. But sometimes there's sometimes that God doesn't speak to me. Who has the problem? I have the problem. Because there's silent times in my life when I feel like maybe something I've done. Because God is not speaking to me like I wanted to speak to me. He wants us to understand that we need him. We need him in the mission work. He promises to be with us. You don't have to work on your own. You need to find courage to keep on. I'm going to close, and I, I, I'm going to... I, stories. Missionaries have to tell stories. After 50 years, you've got few. But I, I, I want to tell you about Nicaragua again. And that's not one of the countries I work in anymore. Well, we do. We have missionaries there, but I'm, I'm not personally involved. I, I worked in Nicaragua. We got six churches going. Sometimes I'd go to Nicaragua and baptize as many as 65 people at one time in the river. Mm. I learned how to baptize in a river in Nicaragua. I baptized this man that was 120 years old. And uh, I went down into the, to the water, and he was at 6 o'clock in the morning when we baptized him. And I, I'd never baptized in a river with a lot of current. Well, hello. Uh, when you baptize in a river, you baptize against the current. And I baptized him with a current, and all of him sent him to heaven. He went that way, and I went that way. I had to go... I had to grab a hold of his leg and bring him back. It just, I, hey, I usually baptize in 
place like that. There's no big current up there. If you ever go baptize, remember, you baptize against the current, so the current helps you lift them up. If not, you're going to lose a few. <laughs> They're going downstream. But I went to this place, and I preached there. Had all these churches. And then war broke out in Nicaragua. And then I thought, now what am I going to do? These are communists. These are people from Cuba. People think, they didn't care anything about gospel. So the last time I went in, I want to tell you about the last time so you'll understand. The last time that I went in, I went in in a small plane. I'm not a pilot. I had a pilot take me in. And when we landed at the, <laughs> we landed at the airport, which is actually a gravel field, and we landed there, and I noticed there was a lot of soldiers. And so next thing I knew, there were soldiers all the way around our plane. And they all had machine guns. And the, and the pilot said to me, what are we supposed to do? And I said, I'll take care of it. So I put on my tie and my suit, and I, I could. So I got out of the plane. I said, I'm not going to worry about this thing. I'm, I'm just going to take care of it. God said he'd be with us. He's going to be with us. Don't be afraid. So I got out of the plane, and I walked up to the first guy, and I said to him, what is your problem? What, what do you need? Why are you around our plane? And he said, do you have orders to be here? And I said, sure, I've got orders to be here. Do you want to see him? So I said, okay, I'll go look, I'll get him. So I went back to the pilot and I said, uh, he wants to know if we have orders to be here. He said, we don't. I said, so what, he doesn't know that. Do you have a flight plan? Sure, I give it to me. So I took the flight plan, walked over to the guy and said, here's our orders to be here. He said, oh, okay, how long are you going to be here? The guy couldn't read. Does he think I'm crazy? I've been in Nicaragua to realize there's so much illiteracy there. Hello? If you want to... So I figured, you're not going to... He doesn't know what's going on. So, so I, I said, okay, we're going to stay here. I said, well, we're going to leave tomorrow. Okay, so I went back to the pilot. And I said, you better sleep in the plane. I'll sleep someplace else. So I, anyhow, I had church services. Last time I was going to be there, to tell you the truth. And so I had church services like this, and people 10 years old, 11 years old, had rifles laying on their laps. And a 10-year-old to kill a North American, that's three stars, probably five. Because I was the only North American there. And guess what? They had a song, National Anthem. <laughs> you talk about people taking the knee in the United States. Down there in Nicaragua, they had a National Anthem during that time. And the last of the, the National Anthem says, we need to kill all the North Americans because of the enemies of all humanity. And I'm sitting in the auditorium with about 10 machine guns. I thought, I hope they don't know what they're singing. But if they didn't sing that song, they'd close the church. So they had to sing the song. Okay, fine. I got through with all the services. I went to a hotel to stay, a great hotel, middle of nowhere. Uh, so I got up in the morning, and I went out. To, I heard a bunch of noise out in front of the hotel, so I thought, oh, brother... So I got up and I went out to the front porch and I saw these soldiers marching children back and forth, marching them in formation. And then I realized that those children they were from our churches. And all they were doing was telling me what they were going to do to our children after we left. And some of the children, not even understanding what was going on, they'd wave at me. 
And I just waved back. But I knew what they were planning because they were tricking over that part for communism and everything else that they could get involved. And I told the pilot I'd be out there to the plane a certain hour. And I told the people in the churches, don't come out. Don't come out to the airport because I don't want to cause problems. Well, I got at the airport and they were there. There was about 200 and some people there at this little landing strip. And they asked me to pray for them. And I did. Not so sure what I even said. And one by one, they wanted to hug me and tell me goodbye and that they loved me. And I'll never forget. Uh, got on the plane. And when I got on the plane, I told, told the captain, just go, just go. And so he started to taxi down the thing. And small plane, you look out the small windows. And you look at all the people that you want to Jesus Christ. But you realize you probably won't see a lot of them again. And you're probably not coming back. And then you come to a part in the scriptures that says, be courageous, don't be afraid, just keep on. Hard, you watch all those people waving goodbye. But it's all right, because God still comes back and says, be ye courageous, be strong, and don't be afraid, and stay on course. Just stay on course, winning souls for Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about, people. It's all about that. It's, um, you have to live those things to go through it. Sometimes I find that I can't find anyone to put the mantle on. Elijah left his Look, his thing for someone else to put on. God said to Joshua, you take it. It's yours. Be strong. And don't be afraid. Because the same as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you too. So be courageous. And do a good job for Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you missionaries that are here, I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens during life. God chose you, God put the mantle on you, and God said, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you, and I'm the same God as yesterday, today, and forever. And I will be with you, and you can do the work for God. Fellowship Baptist Church, you can do the work for God here in Columbus, Amen. because God put the cloak upon you, and God said, don't be afraid, do what God has for you to do.